this was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast. And spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge, and I blowed his head off. Feel something pulling at my leg, and I look over, and there are two small gray entities pulling at me, and they're literally I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reach my hand into this bush, and I touch air. Couldn't breathe, and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. And if you want more shows every week, we drop a bonus episode just like on Tuesdays, but on Thursdays for members only to the website. So if that interests you, go ahead to the confessionalspodcast.com, sign up to become a member today, and you'll get access to all the bonus content that I create on a weekly basis, including a couple of things that I created just the last couple of weeks with t-shirt designs kind of surrounding the whole idea of the coronavirus. Kind of comical, some fun stuff for people to kind of check out. You got to take it light sometimes because if you don't, you'll go crazy. Now this week, we have a great show planned for you. We have Nick Hinton coming on the show. And Nick Hinton is somebody who kind of blew up on the spotlight with a few tweets that he did. And everybody started retweeting it. Everybody started asking for interviews because of the thoughts that he had shared on Twitter. Well, now he has over 80,000 followers on Twitter. And we are honored and happy to have Nick on the show to talk about his experiences with the group that he joined called Randonauts. They are dealing with quantum physics. It's a random number generator, and it really seems like it puts you in a different type of parallel reality than what you would have been if you weren't using it. Very interesting stuff. We're going to have a great time talking to Nick, and we're going to bring him on right now. Okay, today we got a great guest coming on the show. We got Nick Hinton. Nick, how you doing, man? Good, man. How are you? 
I'm doing fine, man. So uh, I think it's funny how we got connected because I've had several listeners reach out to me and say, you got to have Nick Hinton on. And uh, yeah, it's one of those things where I don't remember all the time to reach out to certain people because there's just a lot of people out there to talk to. And uh, you were somebody that I wanted to get on the list. But also at the same time, I was I was hearing you talk on a lot of other people's shows. And I was just like, ah, we'll get to him when we get to him. He's, he's been around a while and stuff. We'll let him kind of calm down and then we'll bring him back on kind of thing. And then uh, you reached out to me on Twitter and you're like, hey, man, this is what I do. And I was just like, oh, man, I know who you are. And so I, I was like, let's get this thing done. And it was like the, uh, the, the lining of the stars, you know, like my listeners were telling me that I had to have you on the show. And then you reach out to me. I'm like, OK, if you need like a sign, there's your sign. So <laughs> um, right. But uh, Nick, you are uh, a young guy, man. I mean, you're in your, what, I think it's early 20s, right? Yeah, I'm 25. Okay, mid-20s. Uh, so this whole thing, I know your your story and everything that kind of developed here kind of happened randomly. It's not like you set out to gain thousands of followers on Twitter, things like that. You just started diving into some thought processes. And from what I understand, what really kind of propelled you into a big spotlight is a tweet, actually, that you put out kind of contemplating certain things. So I guess what we'll do is we'll start right there is what was the tweet that kind of got you into the spotlight? And then we'll maybe backtrack a little bit and see where things go. Yeah, um, I've talked about these things millions of times. So (laughs) Um, it's not like my, the, I'm not super passionate about talking about them anymore, but people are still curious. Yeah. But, um, the thing that I originally talked about was the Saturn time cube, which is kind of my theory mixed with a couple other people's theory that Saturn is like this controlling force of the simulation or Maya or Samsara or whatever you want to call it. I think all the religions pretty much point at this reality being the not real one and that there's somewhere else that we're going and that this one is controlled by evil forces. And I think it's a false realm that is predominantly controlled by Saturn right now. And then after that one blew up, I started talking about my theory that the world could have ended in 2012 and we entered a new reality. And that one really blew up. And yeah, I was not planning on that at all. I just was kind of throwing ideas out there. And then the media caught wind of it and started getting all these crazy interviews. Yeah. So you say the media caught wind of it. Does it, Are you talking about mainstream media? Do they actually pay attention to what you said? I mean, people have been sending me links of like big websites that are talking about it. And then, you know, I was, I was on the radio for it a few times. So it's, it's kind of becoming a little bit mainstream, but not like the news or anything. Yeah. I mean, I, obviously, I wouldn't think that Fox News, Tucker Carlson is going to bring you on or, <laughs> or Rachel Maddow. Yeah. You know, I those those types of people do not even be, they they think people like us are just crazy you know and it's funny because the climate that we're in right now with covid-19 uh i was one of those guys that started following covid-19 probably the first week of january and i've been telling people to pay attention to this no you're crazy well who's crazy now you know <laughs> like, right 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 we we're, we're facing a pandemic of you know historic proportions uh but you know those people aren't going to really pay attention to what you have to say uh, understandably because they're just not in the same thought process as, a, as we are but i did hear you on a lot of different you know uh 
major media outlets when it comes to what we do. And uh, I think it's really cool that they people actually are out there that do what I do. They're reading people's tweets and they actually are reading people's tweets. They're not just looking for the next hot guest and stuff, but they're actually looking to see who's saying what. And they found yours really interesting. And I find it interesting as well. Um, the the idea of uh, entering into a new reality. And, and when when you put that tweet out and people start talking about it, I start thinking about it. I start thinking, man, like, think about it. Like since 2012, the world's kind of gone off hinges a little bit. It seems like things are off. Like it, you just can't put your finger on it. It makes you wonder. I mean, maybe we did enter into another parallel universe because that's something that scientists, they say themselves. They, they say that there are definitely parallel universes because, you know, you just do simple math. Well, it's not simple in my mind, but, um, you know, the math says that we have parallel universes. So, um, Nick, right. that kind of launches you into the the realm of what we're in. But um, you linked up with a group called Randonauts. And this is what I want to talk to you mostly about today, because uh, I find it really interesting. And uh, I, I looked into it a little bit, but I thought you would be the best person to share with us what it's all about and how you got involved in it. Yeah, okay. So real quick, though, I literally just realized... Um, mainstream media did talk about me actually once like recently um you were talking about COVID-19 or coronavirus and how everyone was calling you crazy for worrying about it well I was dealing with the same thing and uh literally kept texting everybody texting my family saying like I think I should get back to Ohio to be around you guys in case something happens you know and you know everyone even the people I was living with in California like dude you don't need to leave you're, you know, you're taking this out of proportion. And I was like, no, dude, no, I, I have a gut feeling that it's going to get way worse. And, um, I left four days right before, um, all the craziness started happening, like all these packed airports and like all the, I think San Francisco just got shut down in quarantine. So like you said, look who's crazy now, because, you know, I think this is a time in history where conspiracy theorists aren't going to be conspiracy theorists anymore. We're getting vindicated. Like people are going to come to us and wonder what the hell's going on. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, we're forward thinking people and we're not afraid to be wrong. And that's the biggest thing that we are different than the mainstream media, because uh, we we think outside the box and we're willing to put our thoughts out there for the world to consume. And we're not concerned about being wrong. What we're concerned about right. is getting people to think on a different level, because the fact of the matter is whether it's COVID-19, a pandemic coming or an assassination and how that all, all unfolded or 9-11, there are wild and crazy things that happen in our world every year. And if we think outside the box and we forward think, we might be able to project what is going to happen or how things unfolded in the past. And that's something that the mainstream media can't do because they're constantly in the mindset of going from one news topic to the other the next day. It's a 24-hour news cycle and they don't stop to think and contemplate of the alternative way of thinking. And that's one of the biggest problems they have. And unfortunately, they have the biggest platform so they can shout us down. Exactly. I mean, so like I said, mainstream media did actually talk about me. Um, TNN went out of their way to tell everyone that I was wrong, that um, the Dean Koontz novel did not predict coronavirus. So <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. I, I didn't say anything bad about I just posted the article and I was like, look, CNN wanted to talk about my tweet. And everyone pretty much knew what I was saying. They're like, yeah, well, look what they said. You know, obviously they're just trying to shut you down and invalidate you or whatever. But yeah, so I think mainstream media is on its way out and people like us are going to be 
kind of the new news. I mean, we've already had alternative news networks for a while now, but I think that it's only going to get bigger. I absolutely agree. I think that the uh, world is starting to wake up to the reality that they've been lied to and that they're being manipulated and brainwashed on a daily basis. And the more they unplug from the mainstream media, the more they're going to find other outlets to learn how to think. And that's where we come and play. So, uh, Nick, you have um, a lot of stuff going on. And, you know, we could talk about COVID-19 forever because uh, right, I have right. tons of things to say about that. But um, randonauts, uh, this, yeah, yeah. this is like a, a matrix type of thing. Am I, am I, I don't know if that's the right way to, to define it, but that's the way I look at it. When I looked at randonauts and I started trying to understand what it was all about, like I was thinking, this makes me feel like if I were to do this, I take the chance of stepping outside of what I live in of the matrix and into another reality. Is that, is that what we're talking about here? Yeah. And that's what I was getting to is like, because the old world structures are kind of falling apart right now and people are waking up. I think um, there's going to be a wave of, you know, new pioneers in this new world. And I think Randonauts is a part of that because we're entering what I call, or what I think is a a quantum reality. I think we're going to see quantum computers take over and other quantum technologies take over and randomness are kind of at the forefront of that. And so um, that's what I, that's why I reached out to you is because um, you had some guy on your podcast talking about how quantum randomness can actually mess with like the paranormal. Cause I know that's like what you're big into is the paranormal, correct? Paranormal, conspiratorial, anything that's off the beaten path. Right. So, well, we, we've kind of dabbled in that, you know, messing with the paranormal using quantum mechanics and quantum randomness and stuff like that. But, um, basically what the randonauts do is we're trying to explore the quantum aspect of reality by um, using this um, bot that, well, we have an app now, but it uh, started off as a bot that uses a quantum random number generator to create random locations on a map. And so by going to these places, you're right. It's kind of like stepping off of your, you know, breaking out of cutting the ties of state, basically, you know, if you were on a predetermined path before you're not anymore, because basically people are kind of like, they're kind of robotic in a way, you know, we have all these subconscious thoughts and patterns and habits and, you know, there's external influences and you can kind of predict human behavior pretty easily based on who they are and where they live and who they grew up around and stuff like that. So what this bot does though, like I said, it creates random locations for you to go visit. When people visit these locations, there's like sometimes weird stuff will happen where people experience like really profound, meaningful coincidences. So are these coincidences uh, not so much of a coincidence in your mind? Are you thinking that this is a result of stepping outside of your your daily routine and taking a path that you never would have taken without this uh, direction? Yeah, I think when you do things that are uncertain or unlikely more unlikely things will happen to you. So like a synchronicity or a meaningful coincidence is something that doesn't happen all that often. But when you do stuff that you don't normally do, abnormal things will happen. And so I think you, we might not even be going to truly random locations. A part of me thinks that we are actually affecting the outcome just by our thoughts and our intentions, because there's been studies done at Princeton that say human consciousness can actually affect random number generators. Right. And so the human conscious affecting the random number generators, uh, 
I know that is something that, you know, people are looking at as a problem. Uh, but when it comes to the quantum level, now, if this is truly a quantum level number generator, uh, I, I heard that that is something that, that isn't going to, the human consciousness is not going to affect. Is that true or don't you know? Um, I'm not a quantum physicist, but I mean, I'm pretty sure that the observer does affect um, quantum particles. Okay. Uh, and when you say observer, what do you, uh, do you mean the human being? Yeah, the human being. So quantum particles exist in a state known as superposition, which means they exist in all possible states at once. And it's only once they're measured or observed do they actually pick um, you know, a, a specific state. So that's what's uh, known as like the wave function collapse. And so particles, quantum particles, when they're not being observed, they exist in like a waveform of potentiality or probability. And once they're observed, it collapses into a particle. Okay. Yeah, because I... When I was looking into quantum physics and stuff, and I look into it here and there, but you know, I, there's a lot of things I need to look into. Um, the mm -hmm. the quantum level and stuff, from what I understand, uh, when you get down to the quantum level, there, are, say, um, I have two water bottles and they're connected on the quantum level. From what I understand, I could put one water bottle in California, the other one in Pennsylvania. They're still connected on a quantum level through uh, some kind of quantum wave. Is that right? Yeah, something like that. That's called the quantum entanglement. And Einstein called that spooky action at a distance. And I'm not positive how that works. And I'm pretty sure scientists don't even fully understand how that works. But we've kind of theorized within the Raynaud's community that through this project, we've all become quantumly entangled because a lot of the synchronicities that we experience are, you know, there's patterns like with everyone, like everyone is experiencing some of these same synchronicities. And sometimes we'll one randonaut will be talking to another randonaut about something and then whatever they were talking about in that conversation will show up in someone else's trip report. And by trip report, I just mean like the detailed documentation of what happened when they went and used the bot. Okay. Yeah. And so th this bot generator that generates locations for people to go to and stuff, uh, what's the, the goal, do you think, of this whole process? Is it to uh, truly enter into new realities on a quantum level? Or is it uh, more of a practical practice thing to allow people the opportunity to get out of a, a random or not random, but a, you know, monotonous routine and kind of get them into a new um, path of life in a sense where they're um, open to new experiences that they never would have been a part of? Yeah, I think there's many levels to the project. So like we were talking about earlier with superposition, that's where the theory of the multiverse actually comes from is because as particles exist in all possible states at once, some physicists think that means that there has to be a universe for every outcome. And so by traveling to quantum locations, it's almost as if you are able to travel to one of these different probable universes right next door. But then on the, I guess, shallower level or more fun level, you know, the app is just a practical way to break out of mundane reality and go explore the world around you in a way that you couldn't before. Yeah. And, you know, when I sit back and I look at this and I, I think about the possibilities, I, I don't know how I feel about the idea of alternate universes and stuff. I, and I say that very loosely because I think I do believe that there are alternate realities. I do think that there's uh, a strong probability that um, there, that there are many different dimensions. And the idea that using this generator uh, to enter into a, a new, let's just call it a new path, uh, the idea that I could go somewhere completely random, 
never thought of doing before and enter into a, a maybe like a parallel universe that's something that really attracts me it's it's just very a, attractive thing to think on um do you think that that is something that's a, a real possibility or do you think it's more uh, fantasy i mean it does definitely sound like fantasy and we're not totally sure what we're doing so far we're just experimenting and basically we just look at this whole app slash bot thing the whole project is a phenomenon we don't really understand it yet and you know, we're just seeing basically what happened. So people that are using it are having different types of experiences. And I think a while back, I, li- I actually watched a YouTube video of a couple and they were going to different locations. And I think uh, the same number was popping up at different locations. Um, people are experiencing odd things when they're doing this. Uh, have you heard of people having any type of paranormal type experiences or uh, really strange off the wall? Like, I can't believe that actually happened kind of thing. Um. Well, a few examples of some crazy synchronicities is um, one day we were talking about this, like in the, in a chat room, me and a few of my fellow random out friends, we were talking about this being called the Green Man. And the Green Man is kind of like this trickster entity. And so tricksters and chaos have like, the, like a, there's a relationship between them. Like tricksters are often, often associated with chaos beings and stuff like that. So we we're talking about this Green Man. and the very next day, or maybe it was a few hours later even, we uh, saw someone post a trip report that they had found this giant statue of the Green Man. And so things like that happen all the time. There was another time where I became obsessed with, um, I'm probably going to butcher his name, but Jorge Lewis Borges. He was an author that wrote about like the metaphysical in kind of a poetic and fanatical way. And um, he wrote this one book called The Garden of Forking Path, or the short story. And um, it's basically about this garden, like a hedge maze that represents different timelines. And obviously that has like, you know, some connection to the random out project of what we believe is happening. And um, like the next day, someone actually found a garden dedicated to that story. And it was, there's a, I think it's in Italy, it might be, that there's a garden of forking paths dedicated to that author. And someone found that. Wow. So I, on that note, how many users do you have on here? I mean, what is, what's the odds here? I mean, that that would happen. Do you guys have millions of users? Um, it's definitely not in the millions. I think we're around a couple thousand. It might be 10,000. So you're saying 10,000, let's just say 10,000 users. Let's just say 15,000 users. Let's just say you have 15,000 users. Uh, what are the freaking odds that that would happen? You know, like those kind of synchronicities. It, it seems very very hard to hit those numbers just on one scenario, let alone multiple. Right. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I'm not a physicist or a mathematician or anything like that. I'm just experimenting with, you know, things that I find interesting and honestly, couldn't give you an exact number, but I don't think that's very likely to happen. I mean, if I were to be skeptical, I'd say, yeah, every once in a while you'll get something like that, but we're dealing with these things like almost every day. Wow. Yeah. That, see, when, when you say that, it makes you feel like there's something to this. There's something to it worth uh, exploring. Have you guys had anybody reach out to you that, you know, maybe they were quantum physicists or they did do this stuff on maybe a more professional level as far as their education goes, uh, offering to help and kind of analyze data and stuff? Um, we do have one person that works with quantum computers that's trying to help us get better sources of quantum entropy. And he obviously fully believes in the project or he wouldn't be doing that. I think he's trying to get funding from some university, but I 
I'm not really sure. I haven't talked to him in a while, but um, no, no, not not like any real high up there scientists have we talked to yet. I mean, we're trying to get a hold of Dean Radin because this is like his wheelhouse, but we have yet to talk to him. Okay. Uh, yeah. And trying to get funding from a university. Good luck right now. Cause <laughs> they're all, uh, yeah. they're all shut down and, uh, probably not looking to expand into, um, fake things. Cause that's what they would say. This is fake. Um, yeah. Pseudoscience. Yeah, exactly. Pseudoscience. Pseudoscience. Um, so have you been able to, or let me rewind. Let me ask you this. Is it possible in your mind to communicate using these types of methods with other other realms? Let's just say whether it's spirits or um, aliens or just interdimensional beings. Do you think that this is a possibility here? Honestly, I do, because there was a few times actually where um, we were experimenting with the bot and and its server. Um, One of the creators of the community, he put a piece of meteorite on top of the server and there was at least three UFO sightings. And um, other than that, there's been so many, so many owl sightings. And, you know, owls have this weird relationship with synchronicity, UFOs, and stuff like that. I'm sure you, you're already aware of that. Yeah. And so I, I think um, that <clears throat> maybe there's not full-on communication right now, but I think that they're curious. Like, I think they're watching. They're like, what are these people doing? Yeah, and and that's certainly a possibility. Uh, and when it comes to like the owl and things like that, that's where I feel like a lot of this stuff starts tying together. Not just with the owl per, per se, but you start seeing synchronicities. You start seeing very similar things pop up in things that we we as human beings perceive as different topics. You know, totally separate. But yet there are certain things that tie different topics and categories together. And, you know, obviously when it comes to the paranormal and, you know, even when it comes down to the occult and things like that, uh, the owl is a prominent figure and it pops up on my show several times, you know, whether people are, I remember talking to this one guy where he was seeing this white owl pop up everywhere. And I'm not even sure if that actually interview actually went on in my show or not, but um, it, it's something that, you know, you guys have experienced with what you're doing. And it, it makes me it makes me really wonder uh, what is real. I mean, it, it makes me feel like um, this stuff. There's something that I feel like is worth exploring because it's going to tie a lot of things together. Um, you're involved with these guys at Randonauts. You're a Randonaut. Uh, lots of people are Randonauts. Um is this something that you think is going to be like a lifelong journey for you that you've entered into? Because I know you haven't been into it, you know, super long. It's not like you've been into it since you were 15 or anything. I mean, you just relatively recently kind of got into this. Do you think this is something that's going to carry on throughout the rest of your life? Oh, uh, yeah, I really do. And actually, I joined the Randonauts, um like a month after its inception. And so I've kind of been there since the beginning, but not, not full on, um, not at the very start of it, but as definitely very early on and um i know you wanted to know about how i got involved in the rain or not so it's this really long convoluted synchronistic story but laid on me <laughs> basically what happened was um i was posting you know all my saturn research on reddit and talking about um things like cubes and its connection to the kraken and like stuff like that and i'm not going to get into that right now because that would take a whole nother show but basically some people started tagging me in the OA subreddit and saying, Hey, this guy talks about cubes and octopuses and Kraken and stuff like that. And I was like, there's a TV show out there that talks about, you know, cubes and octopuses. Like that's so random. Like, <laughs> I didn't think anyone was 
talking about this kind of thing. And so um, everyone was tagging me in the OA subreddit. And then I kept getting messages from people like, hey, have you ever seen the OA? You need to watch the OA. Just kept getting bothered. And people kept telling me to watch the show. So finally, I sat down and watched the entire two seasons and like probably a few days. And I, I love the show. And it's all about these people that are dimensional jumpers. And there's black cubes that help people dimensional jump. And there's like this psychic octopus and all this weird stuff. But um, there's a certain scene in the OA where there's, I guess there's a spoiler, but if you haven't seen it by now, it's, you're kind of late. But um, there's a certain scene where um, these people are using this app and it leads kids who are playing this game to a, uh, like a mansion or like a, like an abandoned mansion that has this portal to help you dimensional jump in there. And, um, that's like the end of the game. That's how you win is you find that place. And it's like this giant puzzle game. And so in the house though, there's a bunch of other puzzles that you have to get to find the attic. And at one point there is a writing on a wall and it's a poem by T.S. Eliot. And let me see if I can bring it up real quick. Cause it's still my background, but, um, Basically, it says, we shall not cease from all our exploration, and at the end of all of our exploring, we will arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. And I love that poem. I thought it was awesome. And um, ironically, I was studying Zen at university at the time. I was in Eastern philosophy class, and we were, we were studying Zen. And I was always looking up Zen stuff because I, I, that, that subject fascinates me. And so I went to this one Zen website that same day, just reading up on Zen riddles and Cohen's and stuff like that. And someone had wrote an article about Zen and they said that that exact poem reminded them of Zen. And I was like, okay, that's a little bit weird. And then the very next morning I go to Eastern philosophy class and my professor starts off the class by saying that poem. And I was like, dude, did you find this poem on like some Zen website? Is that why you're referencing it? He's like, no, I just like, he like, this is one of my favorite poems that reminds me of Zen. It's like, okay, that's a little bit more weird. And that's honestly what blew my mind the most about all this, because also at this time, um, I had just found the Thetan project. I, I thought I, I wasn't involved yet, but, um, I found an article about it and people were talking about how it helps you dimensional jump and all this stuff. And, when I realized it was like kind of like an app, I was like, holy crap, am I, did I just find the app from the OA show? Because all the, like the poem followed me around and all that stuff. So it was like this huge synchronistic weird thing. And I felt like I was in the show and I felt I had found that app that they were using. And then I decided to join the community and I was a 333rd member and 33 is my favorite number. So I just, it felt like I was supposed to be there. So 33 is your favorite number. I wanted to ask you about that. Why is 33 your favorite number? Because dealing with what we deal with and stuff, 33 is like, uh, you know, very symbolic. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, even though the Freemasons and a bunch of evil people use it to, I think the Illuminati, likes to, or whatever you want to call them, the satanic cabal, whatever, I think they use that number to kind of like let you know that they're involved in whatever like if you see 33 in the headlines, I feel like that's like an artist kind of signing his work. Like they want to let you know that they were there and they're, they're probably talking to other Freemasons and people in the high up places too. I think that's how they communicate. But 
I honestly think that these people have usurped occult knowledge and used it to make themselves powerful and enslave us, and that's why we don't know about these things. So I think 33 is not negative. I think it's neutral. I think it could be used for good and bad. And um, so Jesus died at the age of 33. We have 33 vertebrae in our spine, which is, I think, symbolic of the 33 steps of enlightenment. And there's, there's a bunch of other weird connections with it, but I think it's a very powerful number. And in, in numerology, it's a master number. Yeah, well, I, I think that numbers in and of themselves, is, they're not evil. I, I don't believe that. And I believe it's what we do to them and how we use them. Uh, and it's all about meaning and intent behind it. Uh, you And I, I just wanted to ask you that because I, I remember looking at your Twitter feed and you had the 33 hat, then you had NickHinton33.com, which is your website. So anybody listening can definitely go check that out. Uh, but, you know, I just wanted to ask you that and stuff. I didn't know if it was like, you know, you had, um, I don't know, I don't know, grandfather that was a 33-degree mason or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I, um, I used to be super interested in the masons, but I went to a meeting one time where I was like trying to join, and um, they kind of freaked me out, so I just didn't go back. Was it the part where you had to pull your drawers down? No, I'm just kidding. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> uh, I'm probably going to delete that part. So, uh, <laughs> honestly, honestly, just, honestly, just the vibe I got. Yeah. All right, let's take a break right now and talk about our sponsor for this week's show, which is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online counseling service for people who don't necessarily want to go to somebody's office and have a weekly visit with a counselor. You can actually sign up for BetterHelp online and within 24 hours, you're communicating with a counselor. And this is great because there's a lot of people out there in the world today, especially in today's climate, where they are absolutely depressed. They don't know where to turn. There's financial problems going on in a lot of people's lives right now. Right now, health issues with the coronavirus, and there are a lot of people that are feeling down because of it. And if you're one of those people, BetterHelp really might be a good option for you. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor, and you'll get a timely and thoughtful response back from them. You can actually even schedule time with your counselor every week on video or phone. So this is a very convenient thing for you. And maybe you're not necessarily just advertent to going to meeting somebody face to face, but maybe you're just a very busy person. You don't have time, but you also know that you need to take care of yourself and your mental health needs to be paid attention to. BetterHelp is a very good option for you. Visit their website and read their testimonials. If you don't believe me, they have lots of testimonials on there of people who are raving about the services they've gotten from BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash confessionals. That's better H-E-L-P and join over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And for the Confessionals listeners, there's a special offer that you get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash confessionals. That's betterhelp.com slash confessionals. So you mentioned about the idea of dimension jumping. And I know that's kind of like covered in this whole idea of the quantum uh, computer and the random knots. But like when you say dimension jumping, it sounds very uh, Hollywood. Uh, like, I want to believe that we can dimension, dimension jump. Are you t- are we talking about truly entering in other dimensions? Or are we talking about something more on a simple level that, you know, I, w- I wish it was more advanced. I think it could be both. Um, I think we're 
constantly jumping through dimensions all the time every day. But I think something like the Randonauts or the Satanbot allows you to do it more profoundly rather than subtly. Because I think, you know, every, every second, every moment is a new dimension. Yeah. And, and so I think that it's very, very appealing uh, what you guys are doing. Uh, where can people check out this whole online bot? You guys have an app now, though. So, I mean, they can do it online and through an app, right? Yeah, we have the Rando Nautica app, which is available on the App Store. And also the Satan bot, I'm pretty sure, is still online, which is in the chat room that you can find through the subreddit, just reddit.com slash r or whatever, you know, r slash randonauts. And then you can find everything through randonauts.com. I got you. Now, I think when I was looking at this, I went to randonauts.com and uh, I, I had a hard time understanding what I was supposed to do. But I did wind up coming across this thing where I had, a, I guess, I, I put in some information. I don't remember what it was. I think it was like uh, I, maybe my address. I don't remember. But I, I remember reading there was like some kind of like warning, like precaution as to, you know, what you're about to do. We're not held responsible. What is that warning? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, basically, just ran it out at your own risk because, you know, Randonauting is just as dangerous as walking down the street. You know, anything could happen. So if you're using the app and you get into a bad situation, we can't be blamed for that. You know what I mean? And there's also been people that have, you know, like, don't do it very smartly. Like, people will trespass and stuff like that and get in trouble. So just, like, don't do that kind of thing. We're not responsible for that. I got you. Okay. I wanted to make sure that I, I kind of figured that's what the warning was, but I wanted to make sure you guys weren't saying we're not going to be held responsible when you open up a portal and monsters come through and eat us. Like, because I, <laughs> I was looking at this, I was thinking, um, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> like, right. Because I have no idea what this quantum crap is. And it's it, it can it can kind of be a little uh a little scary when you don't know what it is and you're about to hit enter, you know? So <laughs> but um, right. I'll tell you, man, I, I think it's something that uh sounds actually a lot of fun as far as my simple brain goes. I mean, I'm I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. Uh I just host conversations with smarter people than me. And it, it's something that I think uh seems fun. It, it seems like, you know, I could say, Hey, hun, we got a down afternoon. It's a Sunday. Why don't we, uh, I don't know, take a rando knot trip and, and kind of go hit some locations that we randomly generated and see what happens and just try to look for signs at these different locations. Um, what was the first time that you ever did a rando knot trip? Did anything ever come of that? Um, the first time I took a trip, it was actually kind of anomalous. Like I definitely had a good first experience where I was like, okay, there's something to this. So, like I said, I was at university at the time, and I decided to go random knot, and um, it led me just to a lamppost across the street. And I'd never been there, but that wasn't that new of a location. It wasn't that cool, but the when I got there, it it did feel weird. It was that you do have that like scary feeling, like you don't know exactly what you're doing. So I felt like a weird adrenaline rush as I was walking up to this light post, and um. There, there was nothing special there. There was just like a glove laying on the ground. But I tried to take a picture, and the camera worked when I when I was initially walking up to it because I just wanted to have a picture to show everyone what, what was the first thing I found. And that picture took. And then when I finally got there, I tried to take a picture of the glove, and my phone froze. And then I was like, okay, this is weird. <clears throat> and then I, I kept trying to take the picture, and it just wouldn't work. So I decided that whatever, it's not going to happen. So I walked away. And then as I was walking away, my phone 
started working again. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go back and try and retake the picture. This time, my phone just turned off. And then I was like, okay, that's really weird. And I walked back to my place and, um, you know, my phone started working again. It turned back on. And then I was looking through my pictures and the original picture that I actually took was just, it disappeared. And so that was my first experience. Wow. See, okay. So now we're, we're cooking here because hearing that makes me think of a lot of different things. Uh, we hear people on the show talk about their paranormal experiences where they have similar things happen where their phone just randomly stops working when they go to take a picture of something they're seeing. Uh, people often say similar things when they see a Bigfoot where their their cameras will malfunction uh, and, and, and photos actually being deleted back in the old days when they would have to have their pictures developed, like it would just not be there. And so there was a lot of this, right. this head scratching stuff circulating around the paranormal and electronics and trying to gather evidence. And people on the outside would say, oh, well, these people are crazy. And that's why nothing's showing up because there literally isn't anything there. And they're making up stories. But uh, the more time I deal with talking with people and hearing similarities in people's stories from time, from topic to topic, it makes me feel like these things are a little more connected than what... And I, you and I actually talked about that earlier, stuff about how things are are more connected than what we we think. And, uh, and hearing what you just said there and thinking about the other experiences that people have that are similar on the paranormal side of things, that they're not thinking about quantum computing and quantum bots and all that stuff, uh, it makes me feel like there's some kind of matrix connecting all of this stuff. Uh, I'm, right. I'm assuming you feel the same way. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I I don't know exactly what's going on, but um, it does seem like there's a weird connection between paranormal and technology, like that we just don't understand. I mean, if you watch the movies, like in Stranger Things, you could tell when the Demogorgon was getting close because the lights would flicker, or like in Poltergeist, you know, the ghosts talk through the the TV, and the same and same in that that ring movie, you know, there's a ghost in the videotape or whatever. So there's definitely some weird connection there. You know, maybe on some level, the paranormal is technology. And uh, I think, I think so too. There you go. I, I, I was thinking that uh, for a little bit now, I've been thinking more and more about that stuff. And I started thinking, you know, I think as time goes on and we have more and more depth of knowledge and functionality when it comes to the technology we use, it might start explaining a lot of stuff on the paranormal level, especially quantum physics. And uh, it's, it's very interesting to me. And, uh, you know, it's true. There is a there is an odd relationship between electronics and what we use uh, to the paranormal, and uh, it, it's it's one of those things. I think only time will be able to tell as to what is what. Right. I mean, just think about how you know CERN, where they're smashing atoms together and looking for. They literally straight up tell you that they're looking for different dimensions, and uh, you know they also have a quantum computer there. You know they're expensive experimenting with all sorts of weird stuff and that's the home of the internet was stern and stern www dot in hebrew is 666 yeah and so i and that's what i'm saying man like a lot of the stuff that uh we look into it has ties to other stuff it's just so it's so weird and, and if you get so deep in it into it without truly understanding anything it can kind of get you scared it's like wait a second www is translated to 666 
Should I even be using the internet? That's what people, they, I trust me, Nick, I get emails like that. People ask such questions because they're not sure. They, they don't know, should I even be touching the internet? Is the internet from, you know, an evil entity? And, you know, then they look at the book of Enoch and the book of Enoch talks about how the fallen angels taught mankind how to do certain things that we were never meant to do. And so people start thinking, you know, are we doing things that we were taught that we weren't supposed to be doing? We just don't know we're not supposed to be doing it. People can psych themselves out so much when it comes to that stuff. Um, and and I think that when you talk about looking at signs and, and, and things like that, I think you do got to take it serious, though, and just kind of be educated on it. Um, have you ever have you ever come across the idea that monster energy drinks when you translate the uh, the M on the monster can, it translates to 666? Did you ever see that? <laughs> Yeah, I've seen that. What do you think about that? Because I, go ahead. I mean, I I agree. I agree. I think that there's <laughs> a ruling class that are in into all this satanic stuff and like maybe fallen angel teachings, and they're trying to poison humanity. And people who drink monster every day, they're not going to have the best health. I mean, I do believe in mind over matter, and that you can, you know, you can do everything in moderation, and it's not going to affect you too much. But I do think that that's what the goal is behind all these GMOs and like crappy fast foods that we eat. Yeah. And uh, when it comes to monster energy drink, I, I remember, and it's been a while since I looked at it, but it made a lot of sense to me when you when you separate the M into threes, and it's just that hook in the line down, that's the Hebrew letter Va, which translates to six. So you have six, six, six. And then on the monster energy can, the uh, writing of monster energy, the the letter O has a, a cross making the top of the, the, the O. But when you turn the drink upside down, as if you were drinking it, you're turning it into an upside down cross. And it's like, okay, oh could, yeah, could it be a stretch? I don't know. But here's the thing, though. Uh, it, you, it's like a ritual. Yeah, yeah. It's And it's like, one, they're getting millions upon millions of people a day doing their ritual. But uh, on top of it, when I try looking at it practically and I just say, okay, it's not that. If it's not that, though, what is it? Why would they put a cross <laughs> right. on the circle? Like, and even the way it's made up, like the the way the the font is, the circle has to be flat on the top in order to make that cross. And it doesn't follow any pattern whatsoever with any of the other things in the font. And so I'm like, okay, so what's the meaning of the cross then, you know? Right, yeah. I mean, even the slogan is unleash the beast. But my opinion on all that kind of stuff is like, I don't know, you just can't, freak out about it. You got to remain neutral. You know, the Bible says be in the world, but not of it, you know? So I don't think that you're going to go to hell or anything. If you drink a monster energy drink or become possessed by demons. I mean, this world is just naturally not the one that we're supposed to, I don't think that we're from here. You know, I think we come from somewhere else. Yeah. And it's interesting. You and I were talking earlier and stuff and, uh, about just like different ways of thinking about, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I have people on the show where they believe the same thing I believe, and sometimes they don't believe the same thing I, I believe. Uh, but one thing with me is I'm very open to hearing people out because I think this world is just far stranger than anybody can believe or predict and envision. Uh, and this, as soon as I, as a human being, turn off people's thoughts and opinions as to how the world operates, I've already lost them because that would be me saying, I got it all figured out. And if I got it all figured out right now today, we're in a world of hurt because I don't know nothing. I don't know anything. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. So do I you, mean, we're definitely always going to be still learning. But what was that? 
Yeah, I was just going to ask you. So do you come across people who are um, very against what you guys are doing with the quantum computing things? Uh, and do they ever come at you guys in a way, not just a negative way, but almost like a threatening way where you kind of walk away from a situation? You're like, I wonder if that in, in interaction with that person is deeper than just a random person who doesn't like us. And I mean, I'm meaning like on a more cover up scale of things. Um. Well, there's a story I want to tell that I can't really tell, but... <laughs> Do it. Come on. It's just you and me. Okay, well... <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't tell it if you can't tell it. Yeah, no. I can't tell that one, but I, I've never come across anyone who was, like, against it, honestly. But, I mean, I've had my, my doubts here and there. I'm like, what are we doing? But, like, we had a conversation, um, you know, before we got on the phone or before we started recording. And we were talking about how everyone has a role to play. And I do believe that we're just kind of like vessels that are just sent here, kind of like a world stage and everyone plays a part. And so, I don't know, like I said, I felt like when I found the project, that was right where I was supposed to be. And so I don't know exactly what we're doing or what's going on or what's going to come of it. But I do feel like that it's something that just needs to be done through me and, um, and through everyone, you know, in the project. But like, like I was saying, I think regardless, of what we do, the world has a destiny and it's going to come to a point where I think the virtual quantum world and our world are going to overlap. And that's just something that just has to happen. And it's going to happen regardless. And I, I think that randonauts will end up being, like I said, the pioneers of this new world. That's interesting that you think that they're, they're going to overlap. Uh, I, I guess I would naturally think I, I lean towards the idea of one overtaking the other, but you're saying overlap as in existing at the same time. Yeah. Like virtual reality goggles or like, you know, those new um, contact lenses that can show you like what your phone shows you and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And, you know, it, it's what we were talking about earlier before we went live and stuff. I, I mentioned about uh, some of the things that we're dealing with in this world with COVID-19. Uh, if there's an alternate agenda, then I think they they don't do it all at one time. It gets introduced incrementally. And I think that's kind of a similar way to think about it as well with this. It's, it's not going to happen a transition overnight, but well, maybe it could. I don't freaking know. But it seems to me like maybe it would be an incremental change that progresses over time uh, to into another reality or a new way of living. Um, but, you know, I understand what you're talking about when it comes to um, just feeling like you're in a place where you're, this is where you belong and you're supposed to be doing this. Uh, it, it's and maybe you never felt like this before, but like I know when I was a kid growing up, uh, I, I, I've said it before on the show uh, in previous episodes that you know I was one of those kids that. I, I didn't have much going for me. I didn't come from a very wealthy family. I didn't come from a great education system. Socially outcasted as a kid meant that I had bad grades because I was more concerned about trying to fit in with kids around me than actually focus on schoolwork. So like in all reality throughout my entire grade school education, all signs pointed to the fact that I was a loser and that I was never going to amount to anything. And into my adult life, that's kind of my life path. Not that I was a loser, but that I, I really wasn't doing much with my life. And I was just, you know, I'm driving a truck, whatever. And, but all the while, my entire life, I've always felt like I have a deeper meaning in life. There's a deeper purpose that I, I just don't know what it is. And, and, I, and then as an adult, that feeling never, it wasn't as strong as a kid, but it never went away. And I always just felt like I could be such an impactful person in this world. I just don't know how, when, or where. 
and I didn't know how to go about it. And then the podcast, long story short, the podcast whole thing just kind of fell into my laps. It just happened. And then all of a sudden, things started making sense where my my life experiences and where life took me all led to the moment where I started podcasting. And it's like, I, I found my calling in life. This is what I'm, I was made to do. Anywhere from the the, the upbringing, upbringing that I was in where it was like, very uh we we talk a lot at home at my parents house we were always talking so i learned how to hold conversation especially with the same people all the time it was always a new conversation but even to the point that i dabbled with music in college and i i did recording and productions and i never knew why i did it because i wasn't good at it but now looking back i understand there was a reason why i did it then because i was able to translate that into podcasting now and uh it just right. it just gave me this feeling of a life purpose that kind of everything kind of came together in a matrix kind of way where it's like i found it like everything fell into place and it's like wow i never saw that coming you know and i'm assuming that's kind right. of how you feel too yeah it's like i think everything's a part of this synchronistic web and i think synchronicity might be the true nature of reality like you're supposed to be in a constant flow state where things have meaning and make sense to you and um i honestly think that if we are you know controlled by some you know, evil group of people or whatever you want to call them. I think that they don't want us to do something like this. I think they would rather us live mundane lives and be in a robotic, you know, day-to-day routine. And I think when you enter the unknown and you enter the random, that's when you see what you're supposed to see. When you live in a state of uncertainty, that's when the most profound things happen. Man, you are spot on with that absolutely spot on. And I can speak from my own experience. I drive truck for a living. I still do. I'd love to get out of it one day, but I'm there right now. And I drive down the highway, even going into work before I'm not in my my tractor trailer. And I, I watch people passing by me on the highway. And I look at them and I'm like, that person more than likely hits this road every day like I do. And they're in this mundane existence where they're just in a routine. They don't ever think about getting out of it. They look forward to the weekends. They look forward to the football games on Sundays. They have that appointment at one o'clock to watch the Eagles every Sunday. And they're thinking about it on Monday. And it's like this, this worthless existence that I see sometimes when I look at people, I'm just like, what are we doing? And then it took me stepping outside of that and going against the grain. I, I guess this is kind of like my rando knot, you know, three years ago when I started podcasting, it was me going into a new reality that I never thought I'd be doing totally against the grain. Everybody thought, what are you doing? What, this is crazy. And it, it, it was in a sense because it was just different, but it opened up a whole new reality to me that never would have happened if I didn't take that step into the opposite grain of reality than what I was going in. Exactly. And and think about it, the people that want us to be like little worker bees in this like matrix, like machine society, you know, they call, you know, a lot of people call them the new world order. And so I think the antidote to that is chaos, you know, order and chaos. And so I don't, I'm not advocating live your life totally chaotically and go random not every day and skip your day job or whatever. But like, you need to have a balance. You need to have a little bit of order and a little bit of chaos. And in the middle is where like the magic happens. Mm. That's so well said, man. Um, have you ever had, or you or anybody else that you know that does this, dive in so hard that they did do something like that, where it's like every day of their life, that's all they did is they random nodded. And if so, was there anything really interesting that came out of that? Because it's, it, to me, it sounds like if you are going to 
dive into something like that full force. That's all you're going to do with your life is rando not. It sounds like you could really open up some real different waves of possibility. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I ran it up pretty often. And when I do, I mean, I find really cool things, but there was this one guy that did a 15 point chain and he ended up kind of going crazy. Like he hit 15 points in a day and he went a little crazy and he had to get electroshock therapy and he ended up in jail and like all this crazy stuff. And there's been other people who said, Oh my God, random nodding did this to me or random nodding did that. But I don't, I don't believe that. I think you have to be a little bit already off <laughs> for that to happen. Cause like I said, I think intent, I think intention affects how, what the result of your trip is. And so if you have, if you're in a bad place in life, maybe it's just speeding up your, you know, what was going to happen anyways. And so then you can move past that. Right. And I, I, I find that there's a lot of people that look for the experience in life that makes them feel like they're in a movie. You know, that feeling when you walk out of when you walk out of a movie theater and you just watched a crazy movie and you're walking down that weird hallway leaving the movie theater, you feel you feel like, dang it, I wish I was just in that theater right now. I wish I was in that movie. That was crazy. I think people crave that experience and that feeling. And some people might find rando nodding and doing these types of things as a way to enter into that matrix of the other that they see in the movies. And maybe that guy took it, you know. I think he was probably already in the process of trying to manipulate and push for this alternate reality from step one. And so when he got to 15, he was just like totally looking for maybe everything as a sign, you know, like some people see signs and everything. Right. Right. It's, it's a dangerous rabbit hole. If you, if you don't keep a, a neutral state of mind or stay balanced. But yeah. I mean, so that dude was, maybe he was thinking I'm going to break the matrix and he ended up breaking himself, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It certainly did break himself. Uh, speaking of matrix, what's your opinion on the, like, I'm pretty sure you believe there's some type of matrix going on here that we live in. Um, what do you think is on the other side of the matrix? I mean, do you think it's a, an AI system that built this all? Do you think that there is other human beings that are controlling the matrix, like in the movie, the matrix, or do you think it's a godlike entity? What are your thoughts on it? Oh man, I think it could be all of the above. I mean, in my Saturn book, I talk about how I think, you know, I was talking about this earlier. I think Saturn's kind of like an evil AI that kind of took over the matrix or whatever. And maybe there are programmers that are like people and that could be us from the future, like way off in the future or something like that. I don't really know the correct answer, but I do believe that the reality we live in is illusory and not the real one, because that's what almost every ancient religion says. You know, there's Maya, Samsara, the Gnostics believe the material world was called how, like kind of like hallucination. And um, yeah, even, even Christians, like Jesus says that you're not from this world. So I think matrix is just a metaphor for a lot of different ideas that have already been said. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, most religions have uh, that side of it where it's like, this is not your permanent home. And uh, you know, it, it's up to how they, uh, translate it to to meaning and how their their faith and religion came to, into existence on how they're going to interpret things. Um, but yeah, man, I, I it's one of those things where me being being a Christian, I look at that uh, the whole idea of the matrix, and I'm just like, I see what's going on around me. I feel like we live in a matrix, and I'm just like, 
How does that fit in? And, you know, I started thinking, you know, the very simple way of thinking about it is maybe this is a matrix of some kind. And, uh, you know, because people say that this is a matrix, it's engineered, it's made. And then so the Christian could say, yeah, we've been telling you that for years. This is all made like by God. Right. Right. And right. So uh, when we die and we leave this reality in existence, we leave the matrix and we go with God. And every religion has that um, type of thinking alongside with it and stuff uh, with Nick, with uh, things winding down here, uh, I wanted to ask you, what is your hope and goal through all of this? Is it just to find deeper meaning in life and find truth? Or is there like a specific end game where like y- you miss your grandmother and you want to talk to her or something like that? <laughs> no, but um, it's not that it's not contacting the dead or anything like that. But I honestly just kind of like how you were talking about earlier, you always had this feeling that you were meant to do something more. And I had kind of like a, a rough time growing up as well. And it was when I was at school that I, I, that was kind of like my giving up point. I always thought I was going to be great and change the world or whatever. And so that wasn't happening. So I was like, all right, whatever, I'll just go to school and study philosophy and business and see what happens and just become a regular adult and do everything the way that they want me to do. And I'll try and block out all my beliefs and just go, you know, go with the, with the status quo. And, um, but that was, you know, once I had finally accepted my situation, that was when I found Randonaut. And that's when my tweets started blowing up. And that's when I started meeting, you know, famous people and, you know, doing a bunch of interviews and like all the craziest stuff started happening. So it was like, it's super weird how it all worked out because it was only once I had given up and just been like, okay, I accept the situation that everyone, everything started coming to me. And like, that's always been my goal though. Is I just want to change the world for the better. And that would be finding a deep, profound meaning in my life, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Nick, it's been a pleasure talking to you on the show. Uh, before we get out of here, though, could you let people know where to reach you at, you know, Twitter, website, the book, and what's called, where they can buy it, things like that? Oh, yeah. My book is called The Saturn Time Cube Simulation. I'm just selling it to my Twitter. Just send me a DM. My Twitter is N-I-C-K-H-I-N-T-O-N-N. I'm not selling the hardbacks anymore just because of all the craziness that's going on. I'm just doing a PDF for half the price of the original one. And if you haven't got your book yet, I'm deeply sorry. I moved to California and then had to scramble to move back because of all this stuff, but I'm getting it taken care of. And um, the website, nickhinton33.com, is not working right now. I kind of messed it up. I don't really know what to do. So if anyone is a (laughs) web designer, reach out to me and help me out with that. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that can help you and be more than willing to. And your Twitter is at Nick Hinton, Hinton with two N's on the end. Uh, So it's N-I-C-K-H-I-N-T-O-N-N. So uh, you guys can give him a follow there. Uh, He's always dropping interesting tweets. We enjoy following him. Uh, Recently, you've been tweeting about COVID-19 and it's just been, it's fun following you, man. So I really do appreciate talking to you. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, dude. Thank you for having me. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok. We don't care where you share the show. But if you enjoyed it, please share it because that is the best thing you can do to help this show grow. And until next week, friends, stay safe, take care. And remember, the truth will set you free. But first, it'll piss you off. Bye. Is it all just a simulation? Is it real? Is it fake? Is it all just a simulation? Is it real? Is it fake? Is it all just a simulation?